0: Sizes. This is Game of Thrones, and by popular demand, we will say our names at the very beginning of it. I am Zach Lewis. I thought
1: we were going to say at the beep.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we're going to leave a message at the beep, okay? At the beep, we're going to say our names.
2: At the town.
0: The time will be. People say we sound the same. We sound like each other, all three of us. We do. Not really. Solina I think it's only when like you're doing your. Us, it's only when you're doing
2: your Missouri accent, Zach, that we too sound alike.
0: I you notice that I cut that out of our Wednesday, I mean Thursday <laughs> episode. My <laughs> attempt at Missouri accent thing failed. I was so disappointed. I
1: yeah. really enjoyed that episode, though. I have to tell you, I um, I was listening on to the the uh, train ride home this evening and just hearing mm-hmm. Axe Tucker and, let's face it, I mean Marco. You know he he's got that voice that you just want to listen to. He could just keep talking. You just want to make love to it, the voice. No, nah, I don't. I wouldn't go that far. You but know, not on a sure. public train. <laughs> anyway. I think it's I'd make accent. like to it. If you just put him and Selena on the show, I think you know our our listener base would go up like fifty thousand <laughs> percent. That's wow, pretty high. That's a high. That's percent. a good change there. Yeah. That's, a,
2: <laughs> that's something like five hundred thousand times where it's at right now.
0: <laughs> We're recording. Late in the evening, mm-hmm. this evening, I'm looking at the front page of winnerscoming.net right now, because that's what you do when you make a Game of Thrones podcast. And I'm seeing new set photos from Klis and Dubrovnik, and that city is gorgeous. That's all I had to say on it. This isn't planned, but just look at it.
1: Well, you know that firsthand, though, Zach, because we were there uh, not too long ago. Didn't we do a right? We had a picture in
0: front of them I was, like, turning
2: around. You guys were like, <laughs> yeah.
1: You were dropping your pants like normal. It's true. It's I mean, we I we, come,
2: we
0: come together late nights sometimes to guide you. But I feel like we are almost guided by these episodes once the record button is pressed, stop because I know tonight I have dangerous things in my future um, along the lines of cruising around Los Santos with Eric, I
2: think mm-hmm. yeah, man, we should uh oh, you know yeah, what that's right when I try yeah. out multiplayer <laughs> when I get on my multiplayer, which I haven't done yet, I haven't tried it out on g t a we gotta do that, man. We'll be cruising pals i would i
0: i I would like to do that. I'm trying to think of a really cool um, transition to connect Arya with the protagonists from Grand Theft Auto V, but the only thing I can really think of is their murderous intent. Does that work? I think that works, to be perfectly honest.
2: You know, because Arya is able to contract kill some people, and that sounds like something out of GTA V. It's true. It's it's really and an, it's it's really one of those things. Maybe Jack and Hagar is that fourth playable character in GTA V.
0: Ah, I've been waiting to unlock him. I know, you see, there's a fourth. A man thing. needs to be unlocked. Woo, woo, woo. That was awesome. Yeah. That was awesome, Zach.
1: Eric, you I'm sorry. Eric I am the, really, really I am excited the biggest over. fan of that. I, <laughs> I am
2: the biggest fan of what you just friggin' said. It is unbelievable. Okay. Because you know there's a fourth silhouette down there. It's a wheel. Yeah, there is. I can't wait to figure it out. I hope it's not till the very end.
0: Yeah. And I hope Trevor doesn't become a character in Game of Thrones because that would be a murderous, murderous chapter.
2: He would be on the throne in like a day and a half. Him and Mm. and Ron and his meth head junkie friends. (laughs) You see what he did to Johnny, dude? The hero of The Lost and the Damned. The hero. I saw, yeah, no. Hey, guys. So, you know, listeners know that we do not try and spoil people on Game of Thrones. uh Anything past the series that we talk about, we don't talk about. Mostly because Zach and I are making our first way through the books right now. Um, but Um uh, Not according
1: to some of our iTunes reviewers, though. Uh,
2: GTA spoilers. Hey, <laughs> we're playing along with you guys, so... Well, go. I've got a
1: spoiler for everyone. Let's talk about
0: the future of Hall here. Ugh. Tywin Lannister and his cronies, a.k.a. his friends, a.k.a. his host, have decided to move into Hall after it was fled. His plan... Is to restore Hall to its once majestic unmelted glory. Sands the unmelted part; it's going to stay melted for a while.
2: I imagine just like a, a league of the gayest interior designers ever descending upon Hall
0: Really happy like, ones, and like
2: yes, yes, very happy interior decorators. Doing we have to do something about. The melted stone. It's just so sixteen ninety
0: nine. I'd like to read a verse for you all just to just to <laughs> paint the context some um, on Heron Hall. This is directly from the book itself, the Gospel. It says Heron Hall was vast, much of it far gone and decay. Lady Went had held the castle as Bannerman to house tully, but she'd used I cut off a lot of it when I took a screenshot of it. All right, <laughs> let's, let's try, let's try this again. But she used other stuff lower thirds. I think she used only the two first. The, the, yes, the first two lower thirds of the two five towers two of and the five. let the and let the rest go to ruin. <laughs> now she was fled and the small household she left could not serve the needs of all the knights, lords, and highborn prisoners that Lord Tywin had brought. So the Lannisters are now foraging for servants. They're foraging for all the staff necessary, right, to fill all of the roles to take care of their lorded asses so they can then take over other people. And this is funny because at the end of all this, Tywin plans to make Harrenhal his seat, after the war is over. And this is just gossip going around. I while gotta, Eric, I gotta
2: ask playing. Micah this. Doesn't he have Casterly Rock? Isn't that the Lannisters stomping grounds? Why does Tywin see? What does he see in Harrenhal? Micah, please help us out here.
1: I always love it when Eric puts me on the spot like this. <laughs> Sets you really, up. <laughs> It's really wonderful. <laughs> I know I you've read. I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But you're... I've read a long time ago as well. So, mm. uh, I mean, I just think it's right now he's getting ready to go to war. And I don't necessarily think geographically that casterly rock is the best position for him to be at. And Harrenhal also from j- just from reading about it, obviously we know that it is a very, uh, is very much a stronghold. And, you know, the only way that it was able to be taken into its current state was by the enemy utilizing dragons against them. So, Clearly, this is a very formidable uh, location for Tywin to be in, should an enemy try and come upon him. So that's why I think he's there right now. I'm sure that we have plenty of listeners out there who will write in and say, no, actually, this is the reason why, uh, or one of the reasons why, uh, he's there. I mean, remember, Jamie's been captured. Um, he's looking to go, uh, you know, to war with Rob uh as well as Renly and Stannis so uh, you know he needs to try and find the best possible location uh to rally his troops and get them in order to make their next move that was thorough i think
2: yes thank you for answering my question you know i yeah. think i think it's really for me because going off of what we saw in in, in the show and you know in the books harrenhall is described a little bit more in detail it's three times the size of winterfell I just wondered how defensible it was because I I tend to think of there as being nothing left. Apparently, there's stuff left. It's just all melted, you know, so it's like a certain stone has fissures in it, cracks, you know, like the Wailing Tower, for instance. But uh it's still there, I guess. There's There's enough of it remaining. It's just it's weird because it's kind of like warped. It's kind of just like the apartment that you get, the studio apartment that you get. It's less than you you think you're getting a deal. It's like the
0: Weasley house. You go and
2: put up a, oh, that's an even better thing than what I was going for. I'll just stop it. It's when you you go up for, to put a closet, uh, mirror on and you level it and you spend all this time leveling (laughs) it. And then you stand back a few feet and you realize it looks crooked. So you check your measurements and you're sweating by this point because you just put up a mirror and try not to break (laughs) it. And then you realize that the mirror is actually not crooked.
0: The whole apartment is crooked. Yeah the door not even straight on the hinges or it's like the the weasley house <laughs> yeah exactly i mean the thing about heron hall the way i see it in my mind is it's everything that it used to be just that it has been left so much for rotting you know when lady went was taking care of it she only like 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 the book said she only took care of a small amount because this place is so vast at one point in the chapter um arya was talking about what she had, she was talking about the size of it all and i guess george was kind of giving us context through her mind, but essentially what he said was the place where people feast and all of the massive amount of hearths that it has, that literally he said that his whole host could fit for a feast inside yeah. of it. Wow. That's nuts. That's, that's the not, scale not even room. Yeah, that's not even room
2: for people. That's room for the people and their food, like they're huge, <laughs> huge vats of food. So yeah, that's that's big and impressive. And I think at some point it said 80 years of grime had accrued. Yeah, that Arya is tasked with, um you know, removing. But she's come up with a system. She just, ima- you know, she's scrubbing a floor. She just imagines people that she hates face on that floor. And voila, it voila. The floor has never looked cleaner, even when it was new. Mm. So I think that's pretty badass. New
0: rocks. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I love that. <laughs> she, she turned coal into diamonds. What can I say? Um, just from scrubbing it. But yeah, essentially there's 80 years of grime and at least... They are feeding her. And here's the thing. Like, Hall, it's kind of like a work camp or prison prison working camp where she's at now. But she's getting a lot of food. She's getting more food than she had when she was on the run. She's getting quarters. Every fortnight, there's something like a taste of meat. I mean, things really <laughs> – It's like a really
3: taste of
1: Harrenhal where all the servants <laughs> get to come out and have like a little bit from Tower 1 and a little bit from Tower right. 5.
2: <laughs> oh, I want the turkey leg. I this hog to- jaw came from the king's
1: spire. Finish it, boy, yeah.
2: girl. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so there's a festival every two weeks where they have all this food.
1: What, what I was going to say, and and I think we'll get to see more of this in Arya's chapters moving forward. Is, and and I understand why the show couldn't really do it. The show took a different spin on it altogether by making more interaction between Arya and Tywin. But really, you get a lot of behind the scenes here, and. Arya at one point mentions how you know she doesn't believe in ghosts but almost she herself becomes this ghost of, of Hall and mm. she, I think she also refers to as, herself as being a mouse you know being able to kind of scurry around Hall and she hears all, ru- all these rumors right about what's going on she hears all this gossip like about how Beric dies seven times yeah <laughs> which I thought was awesome that they made that reference in there uh, yeah and It's just a really great depiction of of what is happening, you know, and she's just like kind of this this bouncing ball that's going from one place to another. And she's able to take in so much information that the reader is able to then get as a result of that, which you don't necessarily get in the show.
0: Right. We got a lot of context. I mean, we we heard things about the young wolf's movement we heard things about the bolton's troops moving Mm. and these are all things we've seen in the show but in the book so far we hear overheard conversations but in this particular chapter like michael was saying it is chocked full of information that has context to several different plot lines in the story even the phrase are mentioned did you did you Uh, catch that part where they're talking about troops that were being captured and brought in and at one point the phrase were bargained for and all six of them left with each other and it was such a bold sentence at the end of the paragraph and I was like those fuckers
1: (laughs) yeah absolutely yeah I wrote that down I have it in my notes that the fact that the phrase were ransomed and they paid and they left and they didn't care about anybody else it was just they were taken care of that's all that mattered at the end of the day Mm, yeah curious yeah and and you know another little passing note they mentioned um lord Saren. yeah who Arya talks about at one point uh possibly going to reveal herself to and that ties all the way back to one of bran's chapters earlier on in the book you know when he was going through and hearing um from all the different families that were coming for this feast and one of them was this family and they mentioned how this individual was, was captured, um, you know, by Tywin and being held at Harrenhal. Hall. So I just thought that, wow. you know, a great kind of link back there, not really missing a beat. Zach mentioned Don Dondarian. Also we get Rob, who Zach mentioned as well, Bruce Bolton. You know, all these people <laughs> are being mentioned throughout the course of the chapter.
2: Can you just imagine the notes that George R. R. Martin had to keep? I mean, to place these characters somewhere and be like, okay, where are all my characters now? Like a giant board, like a game of Risk or something. Or a giant Weasley clock. Would he be even better? And they, the hands say like Hall, Winterfell, all the other oh, locations yeah. that he's going to visit. That's funny. And then, uh, you know, he just is able to mention that people are other places way before we even meet them. But with Sir Saren, uh, Arya really has a, her first chance of sort of escape. Even though she's being pretty well taken care of, she she realizes that you know things could go south at any moment. There's a guy named Wheeze who's undesirable. His bitch is worse. She wants out, but unfortunately, this guy dies. Death owns this guy before it does before Arya can uh, reveal yeah. herself.
1: And there was a really good moment in this chapter too, where you know, she's hearing about Rob and thinking about the potential of being able to finally get away and go back to her family and she just thinks a lot about how great it would be to see her family even sansa even sansa even, even sansa. sansa i'll even
0: act i'll I'll do curtsies i'll say nice things i'll act just like a lady and she'll love it well there's
2: this moment where and i think that's part of when Arya's uh planning her escape or thinking about possibly escaping where she talks about sansa's ability to recognize families and I, I think it's directly involved into Sir Saren, but in general of all the people that are there, she says, oh man, Sansa would know who that is and is, would be able to tell me. But I always like fell asleep in class when people would talk about that.
0: There's a lot of personality building for Arya in this chapter with, with mentions like that. And I, I think it really is probably for the point
2: of the, the reveal at the end, you know, where, where she says she's the ghost of Hall, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. You know, right. because she basically sends a man to die. But uh, you're right. I mean, all of this whole chapter, Arya is adjusting to her new situation. And, I mean, I think, look, they're considerably in a better position than they were chapters and chapters ago, even while going to the wall. Even though um Arya was going to be lit off and not end up at the wall, Hot Pie has the dream job of his mm-hmm. – Of he has his dream job. And that would not have happened, maybe on the wall, but – I think he might be even more appreciated here at Harrenhal. There seem to be a lot more women uh, here <laughs> who can either uh, appreciate him one moment and slap him with a spoon when he tries to give Arya a cake on but, the other uh, moment. Hot Pie's loving it.
0: Yeah, Hot Pie's having a good time. You've still got Gendry, who's playing the role as a blacksmith, as per usual, making pretty armor for all the Lannister men. <laughs> but the feeling Arya got when she saw Rorg, Biter, and Jackin mm. marching with Lorch's men. She was just, at that point in the chapter, we're talking about a cascade of interior monologue where she was just like, I shouldn't have thrown him the axe. I should have let those bastards burn in the fire. I'm glad his fire scars are a lot uglier now.
1: There's another character, too, that we get introduced to in this chapter that I don't necessarily think uh, we get mention of at all, Uh, in the TV series, we may get a mention of the group, which is known as the Brave Companions, um, also referred to as the Bloody Mummers, which are basically just the...
0: And the toes of the goat.
1: Yeah, the the (laughs) shit of the world, basically. And it shows who Tywin is associating himself with, right? We've gotten a taste of the mountain, uh, which we'll, I'm sure, talk about a little bit later on. Uh, in this chapter, uh, but now we get an introduction to Vargo Holt, who is just this goat looking, dirty, disgusting, nasty piece of work.
0: I can think of worse things to look like than a goat, because I think personally goats are majestic, beautiful creatures, and if <laughs> I have a helm that is fashioned in any way, um, that resembles a goat's head. It's a beautiful thing. And they're they're nice, little pygmy goats. They're tiny little animals. Keep them in your yard. they cut the grass for you.
1: I, I know I mentioned the mountain, and Eric, I know that you probably want to talk about this uh, a little bit, uh, but it just kind of shows you the, the types of people now that Arya is living amongst. They're very dangerous individuals.
2: Yes, I suppose that can be said about where she is at, because on one hand, she gets bars of soap, you know, to wash with and all this other stuff. But she is among kind of the worst of the worst. Her list, by the way, I was surprised. There are like at least 12 people on her nightly ritualistic prayer of people she wants dead. And not all of them are at King's Landing, though some of them are. There are plenty of people like Wheeze and Chiswick and Poliver and Dankin who, and the Tickler who are all kind of recent inductees. And so there are all these people and unfortunately we we learn what the mountain has been up to uh lately i I almost don't even want to repeat it because it's it's a terrible or uh, terrifying rape of a woman um by multiple people and and the story is told here's here's what's what's interesting about it is so the story is told as a joke by Chizek who thinks it's the funniest thing ever, and so it's actually a, an interesting technique. For George to use and
0: for for us to read about. I wrote that down. It's exactly right. I mean, you're exactly right. He was able to write about such a dramatic thing where we read it and we're like, okay, this is, I mean, it's a book and it's a story. So, I mean, it didn't really happen. So, you know, whatever. But at the same time, it's like, this is some heavy shit. But you're right. The way he does it with Chiswick kind of just cackling and laughing and like spitting ale all over the place. It definitely softens the blow a little bit. I laughed so
2: all ale came out my
0: nose. Yeah, exactly. It's a horror story, but it's
2: told. And, and actually the the only thing good to come of it is that uh, Arya has found her first victim. And and here's the thing I wanted to talk about uh Jaqen Hagar because <laughs> I wrote this down earlier in the week uh when I was first making my way through the chapter and essentially like so Jaqen comes up and approaches Arya and is like a boy has become a girl and stuff but he tells her about the red god and about how the red god essentially almost had three lives, three souls, whatever you want to call it. And now because she saved them, he owes her three lives, right? It's it's pretty much the same scene as was in the TV show, from what I recall. Right. Um, but we get a lot of the Red God and about how there's this sort of justice, and Arya has this dawning realization that he's going to help her.
1: Just really quick, I mean, he says something very familiar that we've read before. He says—
2: Only death can pay for life?
1: Yeah, only death can pay for life, which is exactly yeah. what Miriam Mazador says— which bothers
2: me because Back I didn't think... I did not think she was a red priestess. She may
1: not be. She might just...
0: Be part of another religion that also abides by the same rule. I mean, so, so we heard about it from Mary Mazdur, right? And we heard about it from the mouth of, of Jack and as well. Arya's take on this entire thing is she has been taught and she... Well, she has overheard John and Rob being taught, and even she has been taught, from her, her father Ned, that if a man wants to kill someone... Or if a man wants someone dead, he has to do it himself. You know, he who who passes
2: the sentence should swing the sword. Exactly. But this is Jaikin like standing in for her and like not letting that happen. I guess it's because she's no longer a boy, right?
0: Well, that's why she's not picking the good names, you know, because she we would just think, okay, Tywin, he's telling everyone what to do. That'll put the end of that. Right. But she she feels like she needs to do it herself.
2: Yeah, it's weird that she doesn't choose Tywin because that could certainly and most directly influence the course of her entire family's life. Right, it's almost the obvious choice.
1: Well, who says that she doesn't say Tywin? Just because it happened one way in the show doesn't oh. mean it happens <laughs> the same way in the book. If they've been making up Tywin, uh, they, yeah, well, they merged characters. I'm just playing devil's advocate.
0: No, I see what you're saying here. Okay. I mean, and and I feel almost slightly cheated from the name that she chose in this chapter, not because. It's any of my business who she picks, but because I want her <laughs> none <of> your business. <laughs> to pick someone like the mountain. You know what I mean? Yeah. I want her to pick the mountain. I want her to pick Lorch. I don't like Lorch or his name or his or his seal or his banner. You know, I just feel like picking Chiswick because he is a terrible person. I mean, the story he tells... About the occurrence in the bar mm-hmm. where the men were, were raping the girl and the, the sun came up from downstairs because he heard the noise and he wanted to come save her and he was stabbed in the stomach and killed. You know, this is all something that's terrible. But at the end of the day, it's this was essentially caused by the mountain. Let's just pick the mountain instead. you know? Yeah.
2: Yeah, but I think I think what it's it's like when you get three wishes with a genie. The first wish is always the lame one, right? It it may be yeah. some, it may be something that you've wanted for a long time, but ultimately part of you is just wishing to see it happen. Is is just to test <laughs> test the parameters to see if it's real. You know what I'm saying? I'm
0: immediately thinking of the first wish in Kazam, which was a bunch of junk food. <laughs> it's amazing. like that immediate amazing.
2: Or, or in bedazzled with Brendan Fraser, who I've been thinking about a lot recently <laughs> for some reason. Cocaine. He he gets a uh, Big Mac and fries. <laughs>
0: oh yeah. He's
2: like, oh, "I wish a big Mac." In fight. it's always the testing the boundaries one. The the second and third one, especially the third one is the one you have to think about, right? Cause it's the last one. So, right. you have to weigh all the possible options against the one you want. Essentially, Arya picked someone who was close partly because she needed to see it happen, to make sure that Jaqen was real because she as soon as he left, she didn't trust him. Um and and so part of this is you know, and it's her 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 initial feelings not only about who she'll kill, but then the remorse that comes automatically um, right after I caused this man to die. I'm the ghost of Winter uh, of Harrenhal. So, Harrenhal. Yeah. you know, so she she really has this. It's it's just the first. You know, it's but she only gets three, and she can't wish for more wishes, which is a shame.
1: More wishes. What is this? Uh, <laughs> Aladdin. <laughs> no, wishing for more wishes to uh, to what Zach was saying about. You know, he who passes the sentence should swing the sword, and and thinking about Ned, there there was a moment in this chapter that I kind of made a note of where Arya notes not to you know keep going on noting this and noting that, but she, <laughs> she she does make mention of the fact that she sees something in Tywin that reminds her of Ned. Mm-hmm.
0: The Lord's face. The Lord's face. Yeah.
1: But the fact that Ned could smile and she doesn't think that Tywin can.
2: You know, yeah. Tywin, I know it's different in this series because we get those two a little closer <laughs> together, but um, Tywin seems to be doing the right thing. I mean, he's going out on... I would say they would say scouting trips. He, he's 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 seeing his men. He's spending time. A lot of it is spent in the war room or with his war council. Um, but Arya occasionally sees Tywin out and about on the rafters or the parapets or whatever you want to call him, and he's going around just sort of surveying and speaking with his troops. And this is something that you know you just imagine seeing like General Washington doing. Or something you know the the generals who were successful in battle um going out and doing before war they're making sure that you know they're finalizing their plans they're making sure that everything is you know as planned as it possibly can be for something so chaotic as war and i think tywin's doing it you know and and that's kind of the the thing and i I, what is it about tywin's lord's face that is similar to ned's lord's face is there honor there in tywin's Maybe, faces, yeah, maybe I mean, so. it's dignity it's is just it
1: kind of a, a stoic presence. Mm.
0: Yeah, just a, just an intelligent guy.
1: Yeah, I think both of them command a certain level of respect, and I, I think there's even mentions in, in the series. You know, the well, obviously not from Ned's side, but from Tywin's side, that <laughs> he there's a level of respect that existed between Tywin and Ned because Directly. they both know what each other were capable of. Uh, on the battlefield. But, you know, touching on a little bit of what you said, kind of those war council meetings, I really think that's where the show was able to include a lot of what we're seeing in these chapters. You know, her, they took her kind of being this mousy character going around through different parts of Hall and just put it all into that chamber room where you know, she's serving Tywin and, and as a result of that, she's able to pick up and hear a lot of different pieces of information from the meetings that he's holding.
2: So in, instead of hearing it from the cooks and – who's that woman who said um that the realm's got more kings than a castle's got rats and other p- places – She was a whore. A whore. Yeah. All these different characters though that would be uninteresting on film just – Put him on the show, make it the main characters, and she can hear all this stuff through the horse's or the camel's mouth. You just wanted to mouth. say
1: camel, didn't you? Yeah, it's fitting.
2: I mean, I, I think that was a, a, a you know a brilliant thing, but we we'll see where the future Arya chapters go to. Something else was interesting about what I was reading that I I thought I wrote a note down here. Um They were appraising Joffrey's rule and oh, yeah. talking about how a lot of people really didn't think he would last very long. And I forget who it is that's making this assessment. Um, but they get to the subject of Joffrey. And then right after they talk about Joffrey, someone says, and behind Joffrey are a eunuch, a dwarf, and a woman. My worries is that a eunuch is obviously Varus. So why are they including Varus as having equal power as Cersei and? Tyrion.
0: Uh, I mean, I think it comes down to the broad knowledge from everyone that Varys is a very dangerous player. But that's good. That's like good for Varys, right? I mean, that's great for Varys. People yeah. are like,
2: man, this eunuch is right behind Joffrey. What's uh-huh. that? You know? And it's like, well, okay, what about the other members of the small council? What about Grandmeister Pisel?
1: I think it's a level of equation, though, isn't it? Because you know, they're looking at all of those types of people as having some sort of characteristic that would prohibit them from being able to effectively rule, right? So you have a eunuch, you have a dwarf, you have a woman who's obviously not as highly regarded, at least by somebody, I think it's Weiss who actually says this because he's the one, I just happened to come across it, who makes the comment about, you know, the, the kingdom has or what was it? The quote about kings. Realms and rats. got more
2: kings than the castles got rats. Yeah. Yeah, right?
1: exactly. That's his comment, not a whore. Same. I don't know, they're pretty close.
2: Wee's whore? What? He's pretty actually much a whore.
1: whores have a lot. Um, they have more dignity, more than dignity Weiss. than Wee's does. So, yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah, I just, I just think they're trying to, you know, almost compare these different types of people, right? You know, and say, in, in, in doing so, saying that there's some, something prohibitive about them. That, you know, th- this kid, Joffrey, well, he's got a eunuch, he's got a dwarf, he's got uh, a woman, he's got an old guy, he's got a, you know, and in an Baelish, maybe he's the most normal out of any yeah. of them.
0: And he's a pimp, and right. he picked he's... his own sigil. Good luck fighting with those clowns. Yeah, he's got a, <laughs> a
1: what is it, a mockingbird is his sigil? Mocking
0: Jay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is. The beauty in all of this is we get to secretly learn and know the gossip of the kingdom without really having to guess too much. You know, we can ascertain directly from this chapter by the whisperings that she herself heard with her mouse scurrying through Harrenhal that in general, everyone thinks that the king and its government is a joke.
2: Yeah. I mean, ultimately, though, she's saying, why isn't he preparing against Stannis Baratheon? You know, isn't he the biggest threat? What's going on? Um, you know, Tywin is kind of in a position where he's either wor- he can either worry about the Starks or worry about the Baratheons at this point. Um, but fortunately for him, he's bought some time. Some time has been bought for him because the Baratheons are going against each other. So I guess that means he's acting on the Starks.
1: So the chapter kind of wraps up where we touched on it earlier with Arya overhearing the story that Chiswick tells about the mountain and his crew who were out at this inn and essentially raped this poor girl um, in many, many more ways than we need to even describe. Ultimately, as a result of that, Arya makes the decision that Chiswick should be the first name that she delivers uh, to Jack and Hygar, And as a result of that, the chapter and on the he third dies. day on the,
0: on the
2: third day of the third
0: month he died at
2: three yeah, p.m.
1: he bit it
0: the best part about that story is that everyone's like a ghost must have pushed him off the wall and They're like wait was he drunk and it's like not any drunker than usual he falls or he, he fell to his death he broke his neck chiswick is dead Arya's is innocent jack and remains in his job on the inside all is well in the castle of Heron Hall. I mean, con- compared to what we've been dealing with, with Arya so far, she's chilling. She's got her chunk of soap. She's got her regular <laughs> meals, hot pies there. It's a good time, you know? It is a good time and no better time than
2: for, for Owens. Oh I have to give mine because you were just talking about him.
3: <laughs> to, okay.
2: to Mr. Right. No, you were talking about him yeah. to Mr. Jake and Higar, who, and I wrote this down uh, as soon as, as soon as I had it. Essentially, okay. Look, dudes. Arya in this chapter twice remarks about how there's this there's this smell about Uh. about Jaqen. Okay, Uh and. I love, 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 love how the ma- this is. I wrote this down, so it's going to seem scripted. I love how the man escapes from a wagon that's on fire inside a barn that's on fire. Then he's inside a fortress that has been charred, stone melted by actual dragons, and he somehow gets what he needs to perfume
0: his hair. Yep. I mean, I think that's a great own cleanliness wins out hygiene for the win. And
2: not only that, he's perfuming his hair. He's putting sense into it. I think it's like ginger and lemon. It's or from something. the
1: red God. I think. Uh, what would you do in a it's situation Essence like, like of that? Red God.
2: He's like, there's civility. <laughs> and then there's like total pimped out, like pimp my ride, kind of pimp right. my locks, kind it's of the
0: blood of children in my
2: hair, locks of love kind of thing. I don't, I don't know if that's You've the right thought a lot but about this. I mean, you have herbal essences, man. Jake and I has tell his you, Essence of
1: Red God. Yeah, Or didn't he? It's going to be a new line. One of the two. I don't <laughs> want to know how you
2: procure Essence of Red God.
1: Uh, I mean, I got to give mine to Arya. It says, she had killed Chiswick with a whisper, and she would kill two more before she was through. Oh, I'm ooh. the ghost in Hall she thought. And that Aye. night, there was one less name to hate.
0: Ah. This just
1: that just owns, that whole fucking paragraph just completely yeah. owns.
0: And she can go to sleep faster, too, so it's a win-win, really. Yes. <laughs> all right, well, here's my own. I took a screenshot of my own, and I also made a full, I can see it all. So you're going to get the complete text for this. And this has to do directly with um one of the Bloody Mummers was getting yacked at from one of the archers, not vomit, but like, Hey, didn't this happen to you? And they're like, well, F you, man. And he's like, "Well, really? Yeah. Well, I'm up here. I'm an archer. And he's like, really? You're an archer. Well, I got a throwing knife and that didn't really happen, but essentially they got into it. Some blood was shed. Some people were stabbed. Tywin was like, Hey, assholes, fight the wolves. And he decided to kill the two people that actually got into it. And then later, this happened. After the hangmen men had stopped kicking, Vargo Hote and Sir Harris embraced and kissed and swore to love each other always as Lord Tywin looked on. Arya thought it was funny the way Vargo Hote lisped and slobbered, but she knew better than to laugh. So she made a guy swear love to another guy. These masculine men who would never do so and kiss each other in front of everyone. So... You own Tywin. You won You won that argument. You guys should kiss and make up. They're like, oh, man. Customary toward the end of the show, directly after we read our own. It's funny how that works. We dip into the bag full of tweets and messages in its digital data-like form, have our hands melted off in the radiation, pull our bones out, creaking and shaking, and read the scrawlings from your owns on top of them.
2: I will do this. this I, it seems like I have a friend. And of course, I'm podcasting with two of them. But I have a friend in Akin who on Twitter says my own goes to Eric for his double entendre about Theon and Asha in episode 139. Quote, she found his vulnerability and worked it really hard. And <laughs> quote,
0: was that your was, it, was that on purpose? No,
2: it really, 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 truly wasn't. Well, you guy.
1: are a very smart man. If you were able to do that.
2: We were just You're talking smart, about this. People man. say that I mean things that I don't mean. How
1: about another own? This one's
0: from Pluisa. She says, Tywin owns Hall, Unsmiling. Ruthless. Yeesh. He's an <laughs> he's as ominous as the castle is vast.
2: <laughs> Your mom's as ominous as the castle is... No, that didn't work out.
0: But what about Hannah Again, She tweeted. She tweeted us. She said, own for Arya's chapter 29. Goes to Jack and Agar for cleaning up so well and turning heads. Eric, that
1: one's for you, I think. Oh,
2: yeah, yeah. Cleaning up so well. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: And we also got an email here from Rebecca who says, hello there. Night Shift listener sends her regards, her highest regards. Yeah, you missed that. Mm. My own will always go to Georgie's imagination and diabolical (laughs) mind. Georgie. Georgie. Hey there, Georgie girl. Oh, and thanks, dear sweet podcasters, for filling in the gaping hole in my heart between seasons and books.
0: That's, like, right where I want to be. Right in that gaping hole in your heart, Rebecca.
2: Our email address is contact at gameofowns.com. I mentioned a moment ago our Twitter account is twitter.com slash gameofowns or at gameofowns if you're composing a creative tweet to us and want to want us to see it or retweet it. We can do that as well. Our Facebook. Is located at Facebook.com slash game of owns. That's our wall. You can write on it. You can read on it. There's a very interesting uh Miley Cyrus meets Caldrogo <laughs> image on there right now. You a, can scroll on it. Uh spoiler alert, there was some twerking. Some twerking was involved. <sighs> it's dangerous. Uh, in that image. And uh wow. It's just <laughs> a, a Dothraki wedding without at least six deaths and seven twerkings is considered a dull affair. That's what I heard. Yeah, that's what I heard too. Oh, and also iTunes. Do not forget, if you are not subscribed to us by iTunes, we're not sure, um, exactly how much more time you're spending downloading manually every single episode, but rest assured to say that your life could be a totally different life if you saved yourself <laughs> that much time by subscribing to us on iTunes and getting our messages and our podcast episodes downloaded to you automatically, as soon as they are available, as long as your iTunes is up and connected to the internet. So you can subscribe to us on iTunes. On iTunes, you can also rate and review us. Micah, tell us a little bit more about that.
0: Please, Michael.
1: Yeah. Uh, as Eric said, <laughs> uh, you, you can head on over to iTunes and leave us a rate and review, just like Roshni B., Who says, goo will save your life. Uh, Have you ever been up all night and then needed to drive somewhere? Don't worry about falling asleep at the wheel. Just put on goo. This is great. This is like an advertisement for our show. Uh, The host will have you cracking up so hard you will have no problem keeping your eyes open. Whenever you need cheering up, a Game of Thrones fix, or something to keep you from killing all who come in contact with you after you've been on a plane for 20 hours and are waiting for your delayed next flight, <laughs> Wow, just yep. turn to goo. Trust Airport me, you'll there. eagerly await a new upload every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, especially if none of your friends understand your random Game of Thrones, Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings... What's H? Oh, Hunger Games, etc. Home and Gardens. Home and Home gardens. gardens. I talk a lot about decor on the show. <laughs> uh, you'll have friends in Zach, Selena, Eric, and Micah. So uh, thank you to yeah. Roshni B there. Also got another one here from Medium John who says yep. – Great podcast. That's 4.5 stars just for Selena's yes. So I'm not sure what the other 0. 0.5 is for, uh but he did all the rest us five of us, stars.
2: Essentially, all the rest Yaz. of the things that get points are the half. I'm point. cool with half a star. Those things are very big.
1: So, yeah. yeah. I- I'm not really sure about the next one here, but uh this individual night shift listener says the owners deliver a 5-star podcast. Oh. The hosts of the show are a nice bunch of crazy smart kids and kooky side note. One of the hosts sounds like – oh, I see where they're going with this – Brendan Small from Home Movies on Adult Swim. So sometimes when I'm tired, I listen at work. I picture Brendan, Melissa, and Jason hosting the show. If I could, I would insert a picture of the three of them. Instead, I will insert overused emoticon to show my love of the podcast.
2: I'm really confused right now. <laughs> the, 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 am, I, am I Brendan? That's the only thing. That I'm I, Melissa. I, That's the only thing I really care about is, which one of us sounds like Brendan Small?
1: Right. Uh, Who is Brendan Small? So thank you, Night Shift listener. (laughs) On to Zoe Beck, uh, who says, great team of podcasters. I've been listening to some of you guys since MuggleCast days. I enjoy the banter among the hosts and in-depth analysis of each chapter of the book or episode of the show. I've even got a couple friends to tune into the podcast now while the show is on a break.
3: Great job, you
1: guys. Keep it coming. So thank you, Zoe. Uh, We really appreciate it. That's what this is for uh iTunes uh reviews it's really a great way to let other people know about the show just like Zoe did letting her friends in on the fun and hello to Zoe's friends by the way yeah <laughs> call Eric call me call him and uh I actually wanted um a good friend of the show to come in and, and read the last review here as we wrap up the week so what do you guys say
0: uh okay if if it's Sam just tell him we're busy. let me get the door for you Sam don't, don't mind, Eric. Come on in. Hey, that rolly chair is empty. Go ahead and take that one. Oh,
3: well, thanks, Zach.
0: Yeah, just come up to the microphone. Tell us all about it. Uh, Do you see the script in front of you, the last iTunes review?
3: Yeah, I do. The last review comes from Lila56. She says, I really enjoy this podcast. The host, camaraderie, and insightful discussion make it a pleasurable experience to listen and add to my enjoyment of both the novels and the TV show. They own the other podcasts. Keep up the good work. Thanks, Lila.
0: Thank you, Lila. Thank you, Lila. So, Sam, what brings you here to the Goo Studios?
3: What brings me here? Yeah. Um, Well, it's been a little while since I've been on the show.
0: Right. How is the tan?
3: Oh, well, you know, it's fading a little bit. It's quite cold back up here at the wall, so, you know, we don't get much sun. So, but, uh, you know, I, I didn't get a full tan while I was down there. I got a little farmer's tan. Not wrong with that? No, no. Not at all. Well,
0: while you're here, Sam... Yeah. Would you mind assisting Eric and I in closing the show? Micah Absolutely. seems to have stepped away for a large bottle of water, so I was hoping I you could I think he went kind of to sleep.
3: In. It's already, okay. what is it, uh, I think, uh, I don't know the time difference between the it's wall tomorrow. and New York. Yeah. Well, um... Uh, this is hard. I've never done this before. I've never closed <laughs> out the show, but we are going to give it a try.
0: To assist our good friend Samwise, the beautiful strings of the Game of Thrones Orchestra.
3: Oh, that sounds beautiful, guys. Well... I just really look forward to possibly joining you next week. Did your
0: Raven
2: get lost? <laughs> did your Raven get lost in the mail? Is it? Uh, I'm just saying, you man. Managed- <laughs> did
0: your Ravens carry the mail? <laughs> 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 yeah,
3: good night, everybody.
0: Have <laughs> a sweet, sleepy, silent-filled dream. I'm Zach Louie. I'm Eric Skull. Sam. Who,
2: who, we'll never who, leave you again. Who wrote all the rest of this Uh in super huge
0: uh, caps in the back.
2: Was uh, it Paige? Do we attribute it to
0: – you're doing the Bob's Burgers thing. Don't do that. I, I, I signed it. Scroll down.
2: <laughs> you were in Cat's Lock. You're busted because you capitalized the Z and Zach,
3: but it's the only undercase letter in this whole thing. A pa- –